From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Thursday, October 17th at 8.16 p.m. during uh, game four of the ALCS. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. We're joined by Danny Flecker in his weekly spot. Hello, sir. Um, you just played football in this weather, um, swirling winds in the Northeast, really cold, um, you know, upwards of 40 mile per hour wind gusts. What was it like? Not easy, that's for sure. I mean, the wind always makes things interesting. It's one of those things you hear it all the time, you know, in football and other sports that the the wind affects everything more than any other element, whether it be the cold, the heat, uh, the rain, you know, and, and lines get adjusted in, in NFL just due to that fact. So it's, it's always an adventure when the wind's uh, swirling around and it makes things more difficult. Uh, you're somebody who's played quarterback for a long time. What did that do to your passes? I'm not a professional quarterback, so things got to be a little bit different, right? You got to play things a little safer. You don't make those throws that you might make on a, on a regular day, so you just adjust your game plan. And you see it in the NFL, too. You know, you're not going to make those long sideline throws. You're not going to let the ball get caught up in there and hang up, especially get your receiver killed or uh, have the ball stay up there for the DB to get get enough uh make a beat to get under and potentially intercept it, you know, field goal kicks and punts and everything else like that. So the wind plays a part because it's not predictable. You can't really understand what's going to happen um, until it's too late sometimes. Yeah. All right. So game four of the ALCS, no Stanton, Hicks in center field. As we're recording this, top one, two outs. Uh, Tanaka just walked Brantley um, here. What... Most most people are saying this is a must win. What's your mindset heading into Game Four? It's a, a stretch here where they could be playing four games in a row. You have to be very strategic with your bullpen. You have to be very strategic with your starters. You have to jump out and play clean games. And you know we saw them do that in Game One. They were able to dictate that game and uh, able to save some arms in the bullpen. And you know, unfortunately for Game Two. They made a mistake, I thought, with the, the bullpen usage. And a lot of people argued that it was the right play to bring Adovino in. Um, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I didn't like the move when it happened. I get the matchup. I get the numbers. Uh, but there's got to be a feel for what it is that you're seeing out there. And, you know, Boone's become a little predictable, I think, with some of his moves in the series already, with bringing Adovino in uh, for those specific matchups. And... Um, you know, using Green and using him effectively, but maybe not getting the full potential that you can out of him. And, you know, we saw in Game 3, and, you know, you just said it right now, those walks. You know, you can't have those walks with two outs or pass balls. You know, you got to play a clean game, as clean as you can get. That way you're not extending the lineup for the Houston Astros and giving them more chances to potentially do some damage. Bregman popped out uh, to end the inning. The wind is gusting towards right field, although it is swirling, so kind of unsure where this is going to fall in terms of home runs. Obviously, people are going to be listening to this podcast later, so we can't, you know, uh, think about things and, and, you know, talk a lot about the series in, in that sense. What we can talk about is the Nationals, who swept the Cardinals 
A, did you expect that? And B, uh, what are your observations about the Nationals now headed to the their first World Series? No, the Cardinals left all their runs in Game 5 of the, AL, the NLDS. Yeah. They were unable to score any runs, and that was what did them in. But I you're a Nationals fan. You, know, you were worried about your bullpen potentially blowing the Dodgers series. They were able to come back from that, you know, you can hide your bullpen when you have three starters that are able to give you six to seven innings and an offense that's, that's humming right now. You know, Rendon is an MVP-type player, has been for a while, just has been under the radar. And with Bryce Harper in, in Washington, you know, no one really talked about him. But that team is, is hot right now. Uh, and you got to expect that, you know, throwing out Scherzer, Stroudsburg, and Corbin in a seven-game series makes them feel really good about their chances of whoever they play. So... Uh, you know, it, it's a shocking result. I think I saw something uh, on the bottom line the other day on ESPN that in June they had as many wins as the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, shocking, you know, to see that. And, you know, they, they've always had the talent there. They've never been able to get over that hump. They got over that hump against the Dodgers, and they've really been riding that wave all the way now with the World Series. And Scott Van Pelt was talking on this one big thing the other night about the parallels between them and the St. Louis Blues. Who went from worst right. to Stanley yeah. Cup champions? Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, it's always going to be interesting when teams that that good series get extended time off between, um, you know, championship series and, and you know, the, the finals and the World Series, whatever it might be. So they they got a nice week off here. I think the World Series starts on Tuesday or Wednesday. Next the the uh, 21st. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how they combat that. I think that helps them out a lot from the starting pitching perspective. Um, uh, sorry, 22nd, Tuesday, play. yeah. So whoever they play, though, the Astros or Yankees, they're going to be in for a dogfight there because they're going to throw out a much lethal, much more lethal of a lineup than the Cardinals are able to do. Yes, and also they're, they're going to be a rested rotation, which is the advantage the Yankees have had in this series against the Astros. Um all right, let's move to football for a second here. Um, Sam Darnold said today that when the Jets get all their pieces back, they will be, quote, unstoppable on offense. Um, even as a Jet fan, I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. They're still learning the system. Uh, he was better than I expected him on Sunday. He made some good throws. He, he was able to get that team moving. The defense, I think, has been playing well all year, and they kind of had an extra pep in their step because they knew that this time it wasn't going to be lost on them. You know, they weren't going to have to do all the work. They knew they had yep. help. But I don't know how unstoppable they're going to be, <laughs> to be honest with you. I've only seen them uh, with Darnold really this year, two games, and, you know, he's still got a lot of ways, a lot of room to improve on, on being a better player. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a wonderful over-exaggeration as uh, as G.J. Uh, LeMay, who works a lead-off walk in the bottom of the first. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's ridiculous. And you're facing the uh, Patriots this year, uh, sorry, this week, and Sam Darnold will very quickly find out that is not what you tell Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, and Bill Belichick. I think they're going to play really hard on Monday night. I, I think the Patriots always have trouble 
in the Meadowlands for whatever reason. I think the Patriots, you know, they had some extra time here to get a little bit healthy, but their offensive line is still a question. Uh, you know, Brady's been pining for more weapons. He doesn't have any right now. Their, their wide receivers are banged up. Um, their defense is going to have to carry them, I think, through this little stretch that they have coming up here because I think their offense is going to be efficient, but not as efficient as we're used to. And it's one of the best built Belichick defenses in New England in a long time, which is shocking and scary if you're the rest of the NFL. Where do you fall right now when it comes to the 49ers? Are they legitimate? They're 5-0. and um, Josh, uh, sorry, John Lynch seems to be pushing all the right buttons as GM in, in who they've drafted and who they've signed. What's your take on them? I think that they are a good team. I think they've been able to have uh, some really great performances here over the last couple of weeks uh, against some, some teams that we expected uh, to be better this year. My concern with them is that Garoppolo still does not look like that quarterback that can carry you to a championship, and they're going to have to have some of those performances by him. Eventually, they're going to play a team with a strong run defense. Eventually, they're going to have to figure out ways to get to the, the ball through, you know, moving through the air. Kittle, who's been a, a real weapon for them, has kind of had a slow start to the year so far. So it's going to be interesting to see how they they do that. Uh, you know, they have another cupcake this week, but you know, they still have to play. Seattle twice and the Rams one more time. So um, that division is far from far from being won, and I still think that they need some Jimmy Garoppolo performances where he's throwing the ball for 300 yards to really let that offense hit its potential. Speaking of the Rams, they acquired Jalen Ramsey this week. Uh, what's your thoughts on that trade, and is that what they need to get back in gear? I. It's tough because I, I don't think that the Rams' problems have been on defense. While they have had some leaky performances, um, their offense has really not done anything to help them out. You know, I, I can't remember a performance, but like the one I saw from Goff last week, 79 yards passing. Uh, they weren't able to get anything moving. Gurley was out, so their run game was kind of stalled. They were just so inefficient, and you don't really come to expect that from a McVay offense. Even when he was with Washington, you know, their offense was – was efficient enough to get you 20 to 25 points a game and to see that type of performance from a team that we've seen the last couple of years do whatever they want, it was rough to see. So Ramsey definitely makes them a better defense. They have some of the best players, you know, in the league on that team at their respective positions. Now it's about, you know, is Gurley fully healthy? Are they going to utilize Gurley, you know, effectively and efficiently? Is Goff going to be able to hold up with that offensive line, and will that defense be able to do uh, be more aggressive now that they have a lockdown corner? So it's going to be interesting how the next couple of weeks play out for them because they're going to have to change who they are because of, of that one guy, which could open up some things and, and allow them to be a little bit more aggressive. Were you surprised uh, at how Kansas City-Houston played out? No, not really. I really liked Houston that week. I, I thought this was one of those games where if Deshaun Watson was able to manipulate the game the way he wanted to, that he'd be able to have a good game. He, he definitely did. They were able to run the ball down their throat, which we've seen apparently is the blueprint of, of taking out the Chiefs, that ball control style play action um, you know, approach. And I, I just think that Mahomes is not right. He's, he's not able to escape. He's not able to 
extend plays. He, he's doing it every once in a while, but when it's a big part of his game and he can't do it as much, you know, that offense becomes a little less efficient. So I think the Chiefs are in a rough spot right now, and, and it's not to say that they're not going to get over it. I just think with Mahomes being injured, they're on a short week this week. Um, you know, they're, they're out the top corner this week as well. I do think that they need some time to be able to get Mahomes healthy and reintegrate Hill into the lineup and, and get them back get back to those offensive linemen they've missed throughout the year and, you know, take on the second half of the season. They're still a, a Super Bowl contender in my opinion, but we'll see how it shakes out because that defense has been a problem for years in Kansas City, um, and they've been able to kind of – hide that a little bit with their offense and with some big takeaways, take you know, in certain spots, but they're not doing that right now either. Uh, fielder's choice for Judge. Uh, they got the lead runner after the shortstop dropped a line drive, and then Hicks comes up, and uh, Correa could not get a ball in, into no man's land uh, right center field and it dropped. So first and second, one out for Glaber Torres. Um, so the Yankees have something. Now the question is, can Torres do what he's been doing all year? And he swings at the first pitch and pops it up to first base. So that's a really effective at bat. Nope. Um, and that answered my question, but the wind clearly is causing some people to not quite know how to take their first steps. Um, as we look at this series, I'm sorry, at, at this season, I've had a lot of Cowboy fans say to me lately, uh, what is wrong with this team? I don't like Jason Garrett. I don't like this offense. And then the Jets roll until the very end. And they're saying, what the heck is wrong with this team? Um, as you look at it from a Cowboys perspective, what's your thoughts? Their offensive line has to be the key. Yep. And that has not been the case the last couple of weeks. We, we've seen what happens. Excuse me. We see what happens when Tyron Smith isn't playing. We see what happens when they have a, a missing piece there. You know, Amari Cooper has been battling injuries all year. Their offense has been, you know, was the, the talk of the town the first three weeks. And now that they're, now that they're struggling, they're not. So I think a lot of it has to just go back to their offensive line. Their entire team rotates around the first run, I mean, the run game. And, you know, Dallas has had issues for years, and it's been their play calling. And they run a run play on the first, on first down like 75% of the time. you got to mix it up a bit. Even if it's a, a draw or a screen or something, you get put – you lose a couple yards there, you get a holding call, whatever it might be. Now you're, you're playing behind the chains and you're in, in trouble. Um, so they, it's all about the offensive line and their play calling, and I don't think we're going to see them get right until that happens and Cooper's fully healthy. But, you know, the Cowboys for the last couple of years with all this talk have always been able to – they somehow be in contention for the NFC East and for, for the playoffs. So I'm sure they'll be there. Yeah, a tough game this week, but, you know, they're probably going to be a team that we're talking about in a couple of months that's going to be fighting for a wild card or, or the division. Any thoughts on uh, Canada beating the U.S. in men's soccer for the first time in, like, 10,000 years? No, they suck. That's all there is to it. <laughs> um. 
We're talking with Danny Flecker here in his weekly spot. Um, any hockey... Th- I, I've not been following hockey early in this season, but you're in Boston, which is a hotbed for hockey, obviously, with the Bruins. Any uh, hockey thoughts? Nope, not really. I'm sorry to cut you off, man, but I got to go. You got to go. We got to go. Second and third, two outs. Uh, Danny, have fun. All right, later, man. You got it, and I will see you all next week.